You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. The Glebe Central Pub is your tasty neighborhood pub in the heart of the Glebe. You can go there and get drink specials, great food, great people, and check them out for the Sens Shuttle as well. We've got people in the Sens Shuttle right now, although they're coming home disappointed after an Ottawa Senators loss 8-4 to against the Seattle Kraken, who I think lead the league in wins when they've allowed four or more goals. You know that 9-8 crazy win they had over the Kings, but Pilsy, we saw it up close and personal tonight. Try to take me through your emotions throughout this game. I mean, this was just a gong show of game. All, all over the place, this was just wild. And the Ottawa Senators, you know, I think normally they've gotten much better goaltending than this. Like we talked about it, Ross, the Seattle goaltending tandem, their stats are terrible. All you had to do was play better than Jones and or Grubauer and Talbot and or Forsberg couldn't do that. They were both normally, I I feel like I'm finding excuses for the goalies. I'm trying to find ways. Well, that's not on him. That's on the defense. This one is on the goalies. Neither goalie gave this team a chance to win. That's a tough one for both these guys and the goaltending uh, coach to have to bounce back from because that was just unacceptable. Like you, you can't have that happen, especially at home. The 31st time in franchise history that the Ottawa Senators have allowed eight or more goals in a game. However, let me preface that by saying 15 of those 31 times came in the first two seasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In that expansion season. Yeah, geez. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is the 12th time since the year 1999. So more than half came in the first six seasons. And the rest, in the next 24, they, they've done it 15. So, uh, of course, we're, we're kind of cherry-picking that staff. But all in all, what do you do? Like, did you think at all to go back to Forsberg after he let in three goals? on five shots to start this game. I I know that sounds bad, but I honestly thought Cam Talbot might have had a worse game. Like there was uh there was a couple questionable plays like that. Uh, I'm just trying to find my notes here. That goal that makes it 5-3 for Seattle. Talbot trying to clear that puck and just totally screwing Thomas Shabbat over. They turn it over and the Kraken score. Like I thought that was a bad play, some bad rebounds for Talbot here. And I was I was saying that I thought Talbot should get the start here. And then when he came in, I thought, you know, Sens were going to shut the door here because the Sens were playing a better game, in my opinion. But my God, that did not happen at all. And sure, Forsberg only uh, two saves on five shots, but those goals were kind of bang, bang plays, at least the first two. And then the third one squeaks through a point shot. So obviously you need to get a save. You can't have two saves on five shots. Good for a 400 save percentage. That's simply unacceptable. But yeah, I I mean, I I honestly thought the Ottawa centers as a whole, they created some good chances and other than some massive defensive lapses and breakdowns that ultimately led to eight goals by the Seattle Kraken. I thought this could have been a winnable game. Like when you look at the Corsi stats and advanced analytics on natural statric Ross, the Sens showed favorably in that sense, but yikes on the only stats that matter, the scoreboard up top, it was terrible. Yes, it certainly (laughs) was. The Sens allow eight goals on 24 shots. It was actually, 
I believe, on 22 shots. And then they got a couple extra at the very end after Andre Burakovsky doubled up the lead. But to your point, I thought after the second period, the Sens had as good a chance of anyone to win this game. Yep. Even though they were down two goals, 5-3 was the score. It was five goals on 15 shots through two periods. But at the other end, it's not like Seattle's goaltending was good either. Ottawa only had 16 shots and had three goals after two periods. But the the start of the third, the way it did with first shot, horrible rebound by Cam Talbot. And then it circles up to the point and just a wrister with no traffic in front, knuckle puck, goes over the glove. And at that point, even after Tim Stutzla scores, gets his second career hat trick, great moment, you're still looking like, okay, once you get, once you allow the sixth goal there and and Vince Dunn scores in front of his box full of friends and family from Lindsay, Ontario, you're just like, man, this game, just wrap it up, fluff the pillows, as I've been starting to say, and and put this one to bed. I mean, Martian tweeted out that this is the earliest he's ever left a Sens game. Like, you know, it's bad when after a Tim Stutzla hat trick, the Martian is like, nah, I'm out. A verbal Gotta meme go. to SpongeBob, uh, nah, I'm ahead out to, uh, time here because Martian normally would be all over that. And yeah, Timmy gets a hat trick. I think that might be the least excited hat trick I've ever seen. That like Timmy could not care less about scoring that hat trick goal. He's just like, we're losing this game. And Timmy is an ultimate competitor and he, he wants the wins here. And you can see that a four point night. Ever since he came back from injury, he's on a point streak with many multiple games tossed, multi-point games tossed in there too. So, sure, Timmy's hot, but he only cares about one thing. He wants to get the W's here, and the Sens get doubled up here. They're not even close, 8-4. We're going to get to our notebook where we kind of go through each goal, the game summary, but Tim Stutzler's the juxtaposition between his second goal, which tied this game at three. Believe it or not, this game was tied at three after Ottawa fell behind 3-1 after the first period. But then the third goal, it's just completely whatever. Let's move on. You know, let's get let's get this game over with. And that's just so disappointing in front of friends or in front of all the fans here. There's another packed crowd, over 19,000 yeah. at the CTC tonight. But Tim Stutzla, I don't even want to call him the the lone contributor because I thought offensively this team did some good things. Yeah. It was just in their own zone, getting caught and like you can you can pull up like the, the Hamnick missed slap shot to to get it out where he completely whiffs on it. Or uh Anton Forsberg just kind of like paddling the puck right back to Seattle player on the second goal where then they start the cycle and next thing you know it's it's a one-timer and it's in the back of the net there was just so many defensive giveaways and breakdowns that you don't even know where to start and I'm sure that the Sens video team is going to be up late cutting the clips from this one that's going to be a tough film session for the boys tomorrow Ross I mean there's there's so many mistakes everywhere but yeah like like you said there were still times where I thought this was a very winnable game and it's those pesky momentum goals that happen for both teams. Like uh, the goal that makes it 4-3 that you referenced right after Timmy gets that good rebound goal, that's 22 seconds apart after the Sens tie it. And then they had another one, um, the Timmy Hattrick goal. He scores 25 seconds after Seattle makes it 7-3. So there was a lot of bang-bang momentum shifting uh, plays happening, but... It's it's just uh, yeah, just just have the whole game clipped and uh, show that to the boys. Uh, that's right, Glenn's rep there. But uh, this one's tough, Ross, especially because when you take a look at the out of town scoreboards, 
it yeah, wasn't exactly a favorable night for no, the Senators. An opportunity still to at least put yourself back ahead of Detroit, right? Baby steps, one at a time. I know yeah. Buffalo got the win. They're in a better position than anybody with uh, the way they've been playing of late. Ottawa did get the two points from Buffalo last week, but they get the the, the win there. And, and yeah, they got games in hand too. They got games. In, I mean, Detroit does too, but Detroit fell 4-1 in Toronto. All in all, though, just a tough night defensively and and it just showed it it was brutal to watch like at what point for you was it also the Vince Dunn goal or or did you still believe after that was 6-3 which one was the Vince Dunn goal that was at the start a minute 19 into the third period so that makes it 6-3 yeah no when when they scored that quickly I I thought it was over all I was really rooting for was that Timmy Hatchick to be perfectly honest here because like it just was at that point where you can't make up that many goals if you're the Ottawa Senators. And the Seattle Kraken, we talked about it. I mean, this is just me being a mush, I guess. But they don't really have that superstar power while they go and put up an eight spot on the Sens. But they have such good depth that once they get a lead, they can hang on. And Martin Jones has been getting great goal support all season. Like, his stats are not great, but his record is awesome. I think it's like 18-7-2 or something like that. But... The Seattle players are just able to chip away, chip away, chip away. And then that decor, no superstar back there, but a lot of big defensive-minded players that are just able to shut things down. And ironically, for a defensive unit, Ross, every single defenseman except one, um, I always mess up this guy's name, Susie. Yeah. He was the only one that didn't have a point all night of all Seattle defensemen. So... They're doing a couple things right over there, even if it may not be all-star, uh, super skill, kind of lean on uh, one or two talented guys. They've got good depth over there, and they they managed to win hockey games. To your point, too, Pelzi, eight different goal scorers. Yeah, like or Seattle, eight different goal scorers. It's crazy. Yeah, good for them. But jeez, uh, and uh, Ben pointing out as well, Pinto. To bring it each dash five and you look at the back end tough night for jake sanderson and travis hamnick both of them i know some people are i think it was on hamnick a lot more uh, though you're gonna be that guy saying it hey eh? he missed his assignments too on a couple of those goals yeah that's fair but i i guess for me hamnick just it was a lot more noticeable like that let that clear that he doesn't get out he was the guy on the two-on-one. Uh, I forget which which goal that was, but it's a two-on-one. And I actually don't hate this decision because he decided to fully cut off the pass and lets Talbot take the shot. Shot beats Talbot, so it doesn't look great there. And then he had it uh, go off his skate right to Everly uh, later on too, which, I mean, you know, these kinds of things happen. But, yeah, you know, I'll... For that pair, it was a tough night, but I guess I just noticed Hamnick's whiffs a little bit, a little more. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, the game's already over, and you're trying to cheat for offense. But when it yeah. was seven four or even eight four at the time, and or sorry, seven four because this is the eighth goal, um, where they're trying to yeah. clear the zone quick, and it's like of all guys, I don't need jumping up. It's Nick Holden, and for some reason, he's up at the blue line, transition two on one in tight. And you're like, at that point, it's literally a laugher, and anybody who's still at the game is like, okay. Let's beat the traffic now. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. Absolutely brutal uh, play on a night where, where you know, you, you could have done something good, and instead they don't. Pilsy, we're going to get into how this all went down from the lead changes and then a Send Central standout 
um, right after a quick word from our friends at the Glebe Central Pub. The postcast in its entirety is brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. It's great people. It's tasty drinks. It's specials daily. And you can always go for events at the Glebe Central Pub. I'm talking every Sens game. They'll have it on the TV. Just go see it at the Glebe Central Pub. Where can you find them? How about in the heart of the Glebe? 779 Bank Street. When you're there, make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you and check out their website, Glebe Central Pub, and you'll find when their shuttle can take you to and from the Canadian Tire Center, like a night like January 7th tonight. They had one for the Kraken game. They'll have more to come, so go check them out, GlebeCentralPub.com and at 779 Bank Street and tell them that Locked On Senators sent you. All right, Pillsy. It's an 8-4 loss for the Ottawa Senators to the Seattle Crack, and it's brutal. We've got people in the chat who are at different stages of this one. I'm of the mind, and looking at this more in a wider lens, what it seems to be is Ottawa can't snap off that. It always seems like once they gain momentum, they have a bad loss. Like If you look at their recent string where they're on this 12-4-2 run, or 12-5-2 rather, run um, since U.S. Thanksgiving, there's still been some brutal losses in there. Like the Winnipeg one stands out. The way they lost to Detroit, giving up those three goals in under two minutes. Is that to you still acceptable from the process of where they're at in the rebuild? Or are you looking at each game? Because to me, it's almost like they are stringing together some good ones, but they're going to have a stinker every once in a while. Or do you think they should be beyond that? And that even when they're losing, it shouldn't be as dramatic as it's been. Well, you would certainly hope that when you lose, it's not dramatic and we're not sitting here just like shaking our heads being like, how did this happen? Like, where did this uh, deteriorate into a debacle? And, you know, I, I think it's good that the Sens are able to string wins along, but they need to be able to find a way that when the going gets tough, it doesn't just all fall apart from underneath you. And that's what's been happening in the, in, the, in these last couple of games that you've referenced here. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like two steps forward, one step back here where you would hope like maybe you get a couple wins and then sure, you're going to lose games eventually, but maybe you lose 4-2 or in, in uh, a close one where you almost tie it up at the end or something. And it's not really that much of a step back. It's just you didn't come out with the win where for me, Ross, this is a step back because if you're DJ Smith, who do you turn to in goal for next game Zach up against Burke. the Nashville Predators? Yeah, Zach Burke or uh, our friends over in Belleville, uh, friends of the show, Mad Sogard and Kevin Mandelese have been playing well recently. So maybe you shake things up as Belleville gets a 6-1 win, just throwing that in there. So not all terrible in Sensland here. But yeah, I think it's definitely concerning because... Finally, they got above 500. Finally, Ross, we're pulling up wild card standings in our show. We're talking about how close they are, and we're scoreboard watching. And now this one really, it's uh, it really sets things back and makes things feel much farther out of reach. You mentioned Monday. Who starts in goal? Like, actually, I don't mean to, like, tell me Zach Burke because that's where I want to say right now. Gord Wilson, I asked him tonight. God love him if he brought his gear to the rink, like, they needed someone in the worst way. Can you bring the e-bug in unless guys get hurt? <laughs> I mean, yeah, why not? It's there at your disposal, right? So it, I would have gone to the e-bug before putting Forsberg back in this game, to be perfectly honest. And 
But I, I didn't say know. that, but you said the Talbot showed worse than Forsberg, and I agree with you. I know. That's the thing. That's why I'm at a loss. That's why I'm saying put the e-bug in. Like, I don't know who to – if I have to answer, I think you give it to Forzy just to have him try to recover that terrible start. And, yeah, I thought Talbot played worse, and Forzy did string a couple wins together. So I guess I would go Forzy here, but – uh uh, like I, like uh, we were saying earlier, you wanted Forzy to start. I wanted Talbot to start. And I said, there's no wrong answer. This time, I'm complete 180. I'm saying there's no right answer here. Like, whoever you put in, I don't know if that's the decision I would agree with. Yeah. Oh. It's brutal. Um, Jimmy, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better. A couple T1s. I appreciate everyone uh, reaching out on Twitter. I got a bit of a migraine today. And the amount of replies and Good advice. And Except you should have just asked me. I'm a doctor. I could have helped you out. I know. The only problem is the, the most consistent answer was a Sens win. <laughs> yeah, damn. <laughs> Did not happen. All right, do you want to try to make sense of this one? Like, like what was your first note? Because mine was shots were 5-1 Ottawa before Seattle opened the scoring. Uh, my first note is is the Seattle goal, which uh, it, let's uh, we haven't got into this because the game wasn't out of hand here. Because Brady, tough, tough giveaway as Seattle uh, turns it over from him in the neutral zone, and they turn around and they score a goal. And Brady takes that personally. He's like, "Okay, that was on me. That was a terrible play." So what does he do? He gets the puck in the neutral zone, weaves into the zone. He goes inside out on a guy and rips a top shelf not that long after to tie it up at 1-1. I thought that pumped the boys up. I thought the Sens had a bit of momentum there, but it didn't last long. <laughs> no, it didn't last long at all. And once they got uh, the first one, Ottawa does come back. Brady Kachuk opens the scoring for the Senators in this game on a play that I tweeted out at Sen Central. He's not scoring like that on his entry-level contract. It, it was more kind yeah. of Bambi legs around the neutral zone and on zone entries, but he just took it in, galloped into the zone, and ripped it far down uh, over the over the glove, I believe, of uh, Martin Jones. Tim Stutzla extended his point streak there to seven games. Thomas Shabbat with the other assist. And it was 1-1 a minute and two seconds later, Pilsy. It was like, okay, perfect. All good. You give one up, you get one back. You, you get the v- ball rolling, all good. Wrong. Jared McCann, that was the goal where the whole play started with Anton Forsberg just whiffing on a rebound. Sustained offense. McCann yeah. finds a quiet space. This is the one where I'm looking at Jake Sanderson and saying, you're the left defenseman. I know that you think the puck's going to be near the net on the Forsberg play, right? He's already collapsing in, but he stuck with his guy, and then McCann kind of popped out around him and just found a quiet area. So the third one is Hamannick, but this second one, I think Sanderson, and it's he's a rookie. I'm not getting on him, but I think that he's going to watch the video and, and want to play that a bit different. Yep, that that's totally fair. I agree with that. So the third goal, walk me through it then. This is the one where it starts with Travis Hamannick's uh, slap shot attempt, which we know he loves to do from the right side. I just did, didn't think it was from 200 feet from the opposing net. Yeah, I mean, he kind of wants to like wrap it around the boards quickly just to try to get it out and so that Seattle doesn't have a chance to kind of hug up against the boards and stop it. But he completely whiffs on it and Seattle's able to grab it from there. Uh, And then Schultz, it's just a shot from the point. I don't know who it hits and where it happens, but it ends up squeaking through Forsberg. He almost turns around and scoops it out in time, but 
at that point, I think everyone was calling for it. Ross, I agreed with it. It was time to pull for Z, whether you thought it was 100% his fault or not. The game was just really getting away from the sense. And sometimes you need to do it as just a wake-up call to the bench. And I hoped that that would make the big difference, but it didn't. Yeah, I didn't think that Forsberg was to blame, especially on that third goal. Like it was a tip screen in front, call it what you want, but um, it it kind of didn't look great. Also, the way it snuck through, like mm-hmm. even though it was tipped, you know where it like looks like like he gets a piece of it, and then it just kind of dribbles its way yeah. into the back of the net. Didn't look great, but also it doesn't look great. It was two goals on four shots. You're batting fifty. And then the next one goes in. It's like, okay, if you're the coach, you have to make a change. DJ immediately looks down the bench, puts in Cam Talbot. And what changes? Well, a little bit. Because they get out of that period, not allowing any more goals. And then Tim Stutzla gets a power play goal, unassisted. Pilsy, I'll let you walk me through what some good from this game. Now, how did Ottawa bring it back to within one? Well, this was a nice play because the Sens win the draw and uh, there's a loose puck in the slot. And this time it's a Seattle player trying to clear it. It's Tanev. And yeah, he doesn't whiff on the clear, but he shoots it right off Tim Stutzel's leg. And that one bounces in. And Timmy's fired up about that one. And hey, sometimes being a good goal scorer is just about being in the right spot at the right time. And that's what Tim Stutzel does on that play. That's exactly what Tim Stutzler does on that play for his 17th goal of the year at the time. Um, and and sorry, this was a power play marker too. That was his 16th actually because he got 16, 17, and 18 tonight. But that power play goal gives Ottawa at least a power play goal, one, in the last nine straight home games. So that's something nice. that they can build on Monday. That goal, as I mentioned, was unassisted. The next one, however, was not. It was assisted by Thomas Shabbat and Artem Zub. The play starts out in the corner there. Failed clear by Adam Larson and a good keep in by Zub to get it to Shabbat. Uh, Shabby makes a nice little kind of backhand toe drag play, puts it to the net, and Stutzel's right there on the doorstep to put it down uh, short side. So I love the way that they controlled pace on that one, using the momentum from bringing it back to a one-goal game and making it into a tie, at least for just a moment. Yeah, it felt good for a moment and 22 moments for for counting moments as seconds because Seattle sprung he that shot there wasn't much Talbot could do that was a great shot and it was on a two on one but that's the one I think I was talking about where uh, yeah it is Hamnick just totally cuts off the pass and then Sprong's like okay cool you're gonna give me a chance to beat the goalie one on one. I'll snipe it. And Sprong's been having a good year. They showed that points per, uh, like, cost per points graphic. And it's only costing him the the crack in $28,000 per point from Sprong this year. So good bang for your buck there. It was after that one, though, that I tweeted out, can we buy a save? Like, I mean, at that, like. How much does it cost? Bit bit of a short side. Short side softy. Yeah, you got to have that one if you're Talbot. You got it. Yeah, and especially like you're, you're in the game. He's he'd made a couple of saves, but I wouldn't say looked very comfortable at that point. So you you want one to at least give your team confidence because they've battled back and it's yeah. now you're the goalie of record, right? It's 3-3, like let's go, new game type thing. And then it's 4-3. He goes out, tries to play it high off the wall. I don't know what he was doing with two I guys. I hated that play. A little reverse would have been perfect. It would have been right onto the stick of Zub. You break out of the zone. Instead, Puts Shabbat in a tough spot on his left side, but he makes a bad play too, just kind of pushing it into the corner. And it's a bang-bang play. Goes from low out front of the net 
Zub kind of cuts a little too far down, leaves Beneers wide open in front, and the NHL's goal-scoring leader amongst rookies made absolutely no mistake there. I blame Talbot on this one because, like you mentioned, not a great play from Shabbat, but he's reeling at that point. Like, he's chasing it. He's just trying to make contact with that puck, let alone make a good play. So not much chance for him there. And Zub isn't expecting Shabbat to be stuck like that. So I don't know where he is or what he's doing, but he's not expecting to be needed out front. Maybe he's thinking Talbot's going to do that uh, backhand play, like you mentioned, instead of trying to ring it off the board. So that one's on Talbot for me. I don't I don't put that one on Zub and Shabbat. And Zub and Shabbat, I was trying to see, like, okay, how did they do as a pair tonight? And they actually did pretty well, 16 Corsi for, uh, 7 Corsi against. So that's the thing. Like, normally, and sometimes you guys get on me for this, I'm always making excuses for the goalies and saying, oh, it's the decor. They let this guy here. They make it hard uh, for the goalie to get a save. No, this time I got full uh, full credit for the decor, much more than I do the goalies. Okay, can I give a little bit of positivity? <laughs> it's welcomed. Yeah, yeah, you can give a sprinkle of positivity here. The Sens penalty kill has been elite. Yep. They go three special teams three. has been great. They have killed off thirty eight of their last forty penalties. That's pretty impressive since de- since December seventh. Um, in the last month, they've allowed two power play goals and they've scored fifteen. So they're plus thirteen at even strength. Just want a little positivity before we pile on because that's what the Seattle Kraken did in the third period, entering it up 5-3. And then we already talked about Vince Dunn, just a little knuckler from the point after a bad rebound from Cam Talbot. But then, I mean, we're just getting into silly season right now. Like It was just like a tap-in rebound for Eberle. And how about Eberle getting three points, my lookout player, in the building where he had that moment. Now, can't talk about feeling old, but that, that was 13 years ago now, Pelsey. Yeah, that's uh, that's wild. Damn. Pretty sure Danny Heatley was still an Ottawa senator when that happened. <laughs> but, Good old days. I mean, he's played in the West outside of a couple of years in, in Edmonton. He's been out West most of his career, so it, it, he doesn't come to Ottawa very much. So I guess it could be a storyline forever. It was also what a moment that was, right? So um, he kind of gets the, the joke kind of at the end put away, and then he sets up Burakovsky for the eighth goal. So two of Eberle's three points were what we call, we'll call him the Zach Ostapchuk World Juniors type, where his first goal made it 11-0, and his second goal at the World Juniors also made it 11-0. But uh, tough vibes going into the skills competition tomorrow at noon for the Sens. Yeah, that's a little awkward, eh? Uh, But if we're we're going through the scoring summary, we got to talk about that Timmy Hatrick goal, Ross, because... This play by Batherson, my God, he keeps the puck in. And that backhand sauce pass, especially the replay from the corner cam where you get to see how close that puck was to going out and how far he backhand sauces it is pretty incredible. And it's right on Timmy's stick. And Timmy makes no mistake. He goes out front. He makes a little forehand move and beats Jones like Sure, a lot of negativity, but that goal got me fired up. Not only, obviously, Timmy Hattrick, but that was just a great play through and through. Yes, it was. Now, don't look now. Like, remember how we laughed about the Anaheim Ducks scoring uh, no goals in Ontario when they came for the two games? Shutout losses in Toronto and Anaheim. They just scored 13 goals against Ottawa and Toronto 
After beating Toronto 5-1, Matt Murray was brutal. Now I'm getting chirped by Leaf fans because I brought up the Matt Murray one. They said, I love overconfident Sens fans where it shows 5-1, then my tweet, then 8-4. I then mean, that is fair. I said, yeah. fair play. And then I went and looked, and this is the same guy that made a case that Lafreniere has been better than Stutzla at 5-on-5 five five in the NHL. And Timmy had three points tonight. Lafreniere has no points in the month of January or the year of 2023. Like we don't have, to, so I just said, well, we're on the topic of bad takes. Cause my take was bad is take. So you know what? We'll, uh, the we've all verbal, got bad takes verbal meme, the two arms meeting in the middle there. Um, but yeah, tough fives. Let's, uh, let's actually finish off. We'll, we'll bring up briefly. I want to save a bit for Monday and we got a great prospect round on Monday, by the way, Pilsy with the weekend that Tyler Clevin, choo, choo. Yep weekend that he's had and uh, Carson Latimer tomorrow night makes his Winnipeg ice debut. Awesome. We'll get into all that on Monday, but the Belleville senators have Ooh. figured out how to find a bit of a streak. They get a six, one win before that though, Pilsy, I want to throw these questions to you and people in the chat. We haven't done any of this prep, but I want to throw this at you anyways, and we're going to write them down. And on Monday on the show, we're going to go through it and see what we can get. And of course there's going to be some where we don't know, but the classics for the skills competition, which Ottawa Senator do you believe will have the hardest shot? Oh man, that's a good one. I want people in the chat as well. And then we're going to do fastest skater and quickest for all four corners when they do the accuracy. I honestly think Timmy might have a chance at that one, the hardest shot. The hardest shot? Are you are you high? <laughs> no. Man, he could rip it. Timmy? Who do you got? No. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be one of the defensemen. I thought that too, but then I started going through and I was like problem, problem is Hamnick's gonna have to hit the net to get the I know that exactly. Off. Like Shabbat doesn't have a clap, or neither no. does Sandy. I think Zoop. I think I yeah, might go. Zub was the second guy I thought of. Zub, Brady. I'm thinking Brady of big guys who put a lot shots. of weight. But I'm thinking guys who can put a lot of weight behind their shots. Hey, well, I, now I hope Timmy's in it, man. You you hated oh. that take. Wow. Oh. You heard you heard Drew. He's got a muffin. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Timmy's going to be able to. Uh, to do well in the, I thought you were talking accuracy. That's why I had to ask. I mean, Maybe yeah, set it up. I, we need to, we need Timmy in there. We yeah, need, yeah. Graham saying Stu for fastest skater too. I, I don't know oh, about yeah. hard shot. Hmm. Yeah. So Danny's been like, wait, none of our D has a hard slap shot. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean? none of them do. Yeah, it's true. Brandy's not winning the hardest shot. I mean, if there was a clean zone entries uh, carrying the puck up the ice, Brandy would kill it. But turning that into points or any sort of offense, not so much. Is your official prediction, Tim Stutz, the hardest shot on the Ottawa Senators? <laughs> I'm writing them down. Uh, sure. You know what? Screw it. Sure. Hey, okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Mark Kasselik. Okay. I'm gonna go with Casty because he's he weighs the most. That's my and he's the strongest point. player. Yeah, yeah. So that's my that's my take. Okay, fastest skater. Now, Sandy. Now, Sandy. I, I mean, Timmy would agree. Yeah. Jake Sanderson, fastest skater. Now I hope no, they're not all gonna do it. Some people are gonna no. have to. Mm. 
Damn, that's that's frustrating. Cause, all right, fastest skater. I'll go with Mattia Joseph. I don't know if they're gonna make him do it off injury, but if he's back, if he's wearing contact jersey, he should. Yeah, yeah, he That'd should be nice. in there. I'll go all with right. Mattia Joseph. Cool. And who do you think's gonna do the best the accuracy shooting? I'll go Giroux. That, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I'll go with Batherson. Yeah, that was my next one. Yeah, Batherson. I'll go with Batherson. All right. Any others that, that people can think of right off the bat? Awesome, by the way. Rebecca Leslie and Jamie Lee Rattray are in it from the PWHA. Yeah, yeah that's fun. The women's uh, league. And Rattray used to light me up in uh, in like Pee Wee. She used to play for the Canada, nice. the Canada Lasers, the Canada Blazers. Um, yeah, boys double A. And she would just, just snipe. It was unreal. Um, yeah, Norris. Isabel saying Norris for accuracy. I'm sure he'll be taking part. Yeah. Ott for fastest. Mike, he, well, he won't be skating. He's got the broken finger. Mott so, for fastest. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. He's right down there. When I pulled up that Sanderson stat for least uh, penalties, he's he's only taken two penalties as well, Tyler Mott. That's why he's my guy. He plays a clean game. He plays hard. Yeah, Nick Spence saying Jamie Lee Rattray for accuracy. That'd be sick. Okay. Yeah. I like that. It's going to be a good head-to-head. Like, Rattray's a shooter, but she's also like a power forward. She can get in on the four check. Rebecca Leslie, I think a little more a little more skilled in terms of hands and dangles, maybe a bit faster. So I think if we're, if we're going to uh, do a tail of the tape for the ladies, I think that you're going to see Rebecca Leslie win the skating and maybe give Jamie Lee the, uh, the accuracy shooting. For, for that, I think so. Um, I'm I'm fired up. It's at noon tomorrow. I, I hope I hope they do. How do you well. watch it? Well, I, I feel like the Jets did a did a great job last week, where they pretty much just like streamed it with one of their content guys on the ice. Okay, cool. it was just like live. It was live shot. I don't I don't know if the Sens have the bodies to do that, but it'd be pretty cool. And they had Jesse Pollock from uh, Bar Down go out and like do some of them. Like that gave me an idea. Like next year, you and me as the attendees, that'd be hilarious for the shooting. Yeah, it would be hilarious. That's for sure. How I'm many? Down. How many do you think you stop? Ten breakaways. Like uh, not one guy, but like a team. If they each take one. If I stop two, I'm stoked. Yeah, I would say yeah. I stop two, and they maybe miss the net or mishandle it on the other one. I would be over under two and a half. Yeah. So we would have the same percentages that the Sens goalies had tonight. Put equivalent. me in, coach. Put me in. If I had a Forsberg save percentage tonight, if I did on on, on no matter how many shots I faced, that would be a, a miracle. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Eh? Um, stick taps to six sevens, by the way. Big trade today. Logan Morrison, MVP of the OHL. These, these are top. I mean, that's less so, but hopefully Boucher's not out long because I feel like that could be a good running mate tonight. Big um, but yeah, the shootout will be fun tomorrow uh, for the Sens skills because the Sens are unbeaten. In the shootout this year, they're one. They should bring Igor up for the shootout skills competition. Hey, eh? how about four for four this year in shootout attempts for our guy? How about Ridley Gregg? Goal and an assist. Yeah. Another two point night for Ridley Gregg just to finish off on, on the Belleville Sens. Back to back winners 5 1, then 6 1. Huge. Great to see. They needed it. And you know who else needed a big night who I didn't even know? Was back from the East Coast League. Mando. Mando, first star. Yep. And the Belleville Senators, like, it's wild that they come out with this win, Ross. 
the Manitoba Moose outshoot them 32 to 19 and Good. Belleville wins 6-1. My God. Sounds like another game that I saw tonight. Ish. Right? Crazy. Sad. So the Ottawa Senators lose 8-4 and are outshot 24-23 and win 59% of their faceoffs and and win the special teams battle 1-0 and yep. take two less minor penalties and throw 14 more hits. And Ross, the Corsi numbers, all situations, sends 56.7, Kraken 43.3. Like all, all over the stats, all over for all the nerds out there. This should have been a win here. Nice. Yeah. Steve's asking, when are we going to have boots on the ground? The, the hope is, the goal is, and I should find out within the next week, is the Chicago Blackhawks, Chris yeah. Neal Knight, February 17th. The start that is the goal the start of family day weekend. So it, it's going to be a great crowd on that, on that night. Yeah. When, when do we see some movement up from, from Belleville? Are you, are you expecting they stay with these, these call-ups and this bottom say the bottom six is going to be a topic. I think we should save and we'll get into more on Monday, but I wouldn't be against like a drastic change if they don't come out victorious on Monday. I, mean, I don't know how drastic it is, but like, Parker Kelly, Dylan Gambrell, Derek Broussard, Austin Watson. That's four to your six guys in the bottom six. Who I, I, and like I'm not even mentioning Lucini because I actually think compared to the others, he's probably been one of the better ones. But I don't see why any of them should be automatics in the lineup. Well, three of those guys could very easily be replaced by guys coming back from injury, right? When yeah, you look Joseph's at Chartier, Joseph, and Mott. So, yeah. And if Norris ever ever comes in, I mean, Chartier would then be likely next man out or even just go right down to Belleville. Like if it's Although him, or it's, you're keeping Lucini. I, probably, but I'm, DJ really likes Chartier's game. And you said it uh, yourself. You liked a couple of the viewings. Like I I thought Chart, I think Chartier and Lucini are kind of in the same spot here. So I don't know which way DJ would go there. Yeah, I guess I'm just ready to see some of these kids who are showing promise. Like uh, Victor Lodina had the shootout goal against Syracuse, and then he scores another nice goal tonight. Igor gets two assists. Like, what does Igor have to do? This guy's point per game. Yeah, for real. I I really think Igor should have got an opportunity here personally. But, I mean, if he does, then he doesn't light it up, and Belleville doesn't have a string of wins here. So that's a good boost of confidence for him still leading the Belleville Senators in points. And don't laugh. But Scott Sabrin gets in a fight tonight, gets two goals on two shots. Man, I wouldn't laugh. You know I'm a Sabrin guy. Like, I wouldn't even mind bringing Sabby up for a couple games to shake things up. Like, and the, Or Ridley Gregg. Nah, Ridley Gregg. nah. No. Draw a line there, even though he has... Come on. <laughs> he has nine points in his last five games. Like, he's making noise. You gotta, you gotta respect it. I respect it, but I respect it so much that I want to keep him there making noise and keep getting big-time minutes rather than playing 10 minutes a night in the NHL. Four multi-point games in his last five games. Keep it going. Keep Plus going. an assist against Syracuse. All right. Yeah. At least we found a way to end on a high after an 8-4 loss. <laughs> Yikes. Goalies couldn't buy a save. Defense couldn't put pizzas in the oven. They had to throw them up in the air. And it splattered with tomato sauce all around. That's yeah. the bloodshed of the Ottawa Senators tonight. Oh, Eight wow. for the loss, but they're going up against a team that was at Nordic Spa today, all day. So maybe they're going to have their spa legs. <laughs> As we had the insider of all insiders on Twitter saying, hey, I'm at Nordic with my wife, and uh, 
the entire Nashville Predators team is here. That's hilarious. Wow. Definitely a, uh, a Mark Borvietsky call. A guy who loves Ottawa. He's like, guys, you got, he's not even on the trip, right? He's still yeah. recovering from that tough injury. He's like, boys, you got to go to Nordy. But how Start about, off with some Shoreham Palace, then go to the spa. How about the Nashville Predators getting to Ottawa on Saturday for a Monday game? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Ottawa, party city. Are they going to have the Ottawa flu? Look out. The Ottawa flu. Right. That's when it's time to shut it down. Uh, any final thoughts, though, after this uh, gong show of a game that we just witnessed? Burn, burn the tape. No, watch watch the tape thoroughly. Burn it. 6 a.m. On, on Sunday morning. Before the skills competition, a full rewatch. Commercials and everything. Think about what you've done during the commercials. Yep, and they have to watch the intermissions where Sportsnet doesn't talk about the Ottawa Senators once. They have to sit there and watch the whole thing, both intermissions. What was the most ridiculous thing you thought they talked about today? How about talking about the World Juniors that happened how many days ago and every national <laughs> sports broadcasting company has covered the crap out of it? Oh, no, run it back. Let's hear about this again. Like, my God. Yeah, that that's a good one. I like that one. I'm oh. trying to think of something else they, they got into. Um, listening to people talk about uh, WHL trade p- proposals probably didn't have to be on national TV on a Saturday. How many picks Olin Zellweger is going to get traded from from the Seattle, what, Thunderbirds? Oh, he might go to Kamloops, your squad. I I appreciate it. I like 32 Thoughts. We don't have to hear that on national TV. I think I'd prefer to focus on the games that we're watching. I don't know. Maybe that's wild, Ross. Maybe we're just dinosaurs in this uh, TV age. Where's Coach's Corner? (laughs) Whoa, hey, now. Hey, hey, (laughs) hey. I said, and Ron McLean, hey, he survived it. But oh, yeah. Yeah, gone are the days of getting hit in the head with gear at uh, at intermission. Now we just get punched with with gambling uh, segments. I might just be sour that my live bet after the first period. I deleted it. Hey, I tweeted out after Auto made it three three. I said, raise your hand if you live bet Ottawa at the first <laughs> intermission. And as I hit send, it was. <laughs> As I had said, you gotta love an overconfident Sens fan. Oh boy, I sent it, and I even put like the cockiest gif of this guy, like me, 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 me. I'm such a loser. You need to leave that up. Yikes! You gotta have some humility. I deleted it. Yeah, humiliation. That's hilarious. All right, appreciate everyone. Glad. Hope we can, but at least leave you guys with a laugh. We appreciate everyone. You're jumping in with us, win, lose, or draw um, right here after each and every game on the postcast. You can also make sure that you uh, subscribe, Locked On Senators, on YouTube. We are closing in. I know I've been saying we're on the road, but from Toronto to Ottawa, a drive you and I have done many times together, Pilsy. We are getting off the 401. We still have a little ways to go on the 460. You're past Kingston. Oh, no, no. When you get off the 401, is like, when, when you turn off and you get on to like the four the two lane highway where it's like you, you're on your way to to the split the the uh, the split on the Queensway yeah but you still have probably eighty kilometers to go we're two hundred away and I feel like we got to give something away at five thousand yeah oh yeah I'm down a spot Maybe. a spot on the bachelor party 
<laughs> that'd be an awesome giveaway we're about to have a great time but uh may- maybe a-, a ticket beside us for the neil game oh we just I get like an extra one right and then that puts a timeline though mm-hmm. and we have to reach the goal by valentine's day yep. which is three days before the game oh. that's 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 what the play is Caleb's got 16 of the boys going to Neil retirement game. We need to buy tickets soon. Like we, there might not be any left. No, we'll call our guy. Yeah, we got a guy. We got a guy. We hey, got a month. We got a Miss, month. Mr. Reynolds, hook us up. Hey, Ryan. How are you? Have you ever played goalie before? Yeah. <laughs> oh, final thought for me. Burn the Deadpool helmet, sacrificial lamb, never wear it again. Oh. Thought. Yeah, maybe that's one you just display. Yeah. Stranger <laughs> Things is working just fine. Yeah, let's have another season of Stranger Things here. Yikes. Yeah. No. Zero. No more Deadpool. It's dead. <laughs> Throw it in a lake or a pool. Yeah. Agreed. All right. A4 loss. Appreciate everybody for joining us in the postcast. For more content, you can follow us on social media at Send Central on Twitter and LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. Let's leave with some go sends go in the chat. This has been the postcast after an I don't even know how to describe game against the Seattle crack and the sends are back Monday night. We'll be back Monday afternoon here on the Locked On Senators podcast for Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan and this has been the postcast presented by the Glebe Central Pub. Go check out the Glebe Central Pub at 779 Bank Street and make sure you tell them that Locked On Senators sent you.